Hey, podcast listeners, before we get started, if the IRS is freaking you out right now and you want to do something about it, you can call me at 833-243-5455 and set up a free 30-minute consultation or log on to watkinspodcast.com. I've got a short letter on that No Frills page. It'll take you about 90 seconds to read. And if you like what I'm saying, you might want to consider becoming a client. And if not, hey, no big deal. Keep listening and subscribe to this podcast so you can keep hearing the free content on how you can fix your tax problem today. So if you owe the IRS, you may have noticed that they have been pretty active lately filing a bunch of liens. And this is the IRS's way of letting the world know that you have a tax problem. These liens are also pretty nasty if you're trying to sell your home or refi to a lower interest rate. It's a pretty extreme measure at the IRS, and it means they want all the money that you owe them, and they want it right now. But there are a few things you can do to get these things lifted short of paying everything that you owe right now. For example, if you owe less than $25,000, a tax professional may be able to get these lifted in about 90 days. If you owe more than $25,000, there are things like the IRS's Offer and Compromise Settlement Program that gets them off once they accept that. Now, we've helped thousands of taxpayers in an IRS mess, so we can probably help you out here too. We can help you out in all 50 states. So if you have a tax problem, I again encourage you to call me at 833-243-5455 or log on to watkinspodcast.com and set up a time there to talk to one of our tax experts about getting some help today. Now, back to your podcast. IRS problems are scary, but they don't have to be. Travis Watkins has been helping troubled taxpayers with customized plans to negotiate with the IRS and stop immediate threats to their livelihood so they can get a good night's sleep again since 1999. Now, here's Travis. Today, we're going to be chatting about IRS penalties and how to get them abated or forgiven, for lack of a better term. And before we get started, there's a couple of things uh, that I wanted to talk to you about. The This came straight from the IRS's website about penalties. They give you a little history lesson on these things. They say in 1955, there were approximately 14 penalty provisions in the Internal Revenue Code. That's not too bad. Now they're more than 10 times that number. With the increasing number of penalty provisions, the IRS recognized the need to develop a fair, consistent, and comprehensive approach to penalty administration. So isn't that nice? Uh, Translation, they used to use penalties at the IRS to kind of give you a slap on the wrist if you didn't get your taxes filed or paid on time. Now they've got a real comprehensive system to uh, give you a a little tougher slap on the wrist or actually choke you into submission, I guess, if you fail to do something uh, related to your taxes. So I guess the IRS is saying, you know, they they get it. Uh, It's a complex system and therefore there's a need to have something in place to, for the IRS to forgive 
these comprehensive penalties when certain circumstances arise, which brings us to the two types of penalty abatement or forgiveness. And the first one is a really great one that you'll be interested in knowing about. It's the first time penalty abatement with the IRS. That is a thing, a program. And the second type is your garden variety, what they call reasonable cause type of penalty abatement analysis. All right. So let's break those down here real quick. The first time penalty abatement is a great one because if you've been good for, let's say, about five years, as far as filing and paying your taxes on time, then the IRS is going to give you a break on the penalties and some of the interest. And what I'm talking about here, there is no such thing at the IRS as straight interest abatement, really ever. So if you're saying penalty and interest abatement in an IRS context, you're kind of out of line there because they're only going to get rid of any interest that accrued on top of the penalties that they might be forgiving for one of these two reasons. So back to the first time abatement, if you've been good, then they may give you a one-time shot, one tax period or one tax year, as the case may be, uh, for having kind of a hiccup, I guess, in the road is how they look at things. And so here's the strict requirements of the first-time penalty abatement. First of all, you've incurred no penalties for the three prior tax years. So no penalties there, which means just as of, uh, as of requirement there, you have filed and paid on time for the last three years. Therefore, you didn't have any uh, penalties that would have accrued for the last three years. So three years of good behavior on that front. Second of all, you have to have filed all required returns or extensions. That's kind of a given, um, at least for the last three years because uh, you would have had penalties if you wouldn't have filed on time. But they're talking about all tax returns have to be on file. It's a, uh, it's a recurring theme in, in all tax resolution that in order to go hat in hand to the IRS and ask them for anything, in most circumstances, I'd say like 99.99% of them, you're going to have to have all your returns on file to uh, start dealing with them unless they've file the return for you, and that's a whole different ball game. But for purposes of the first-time penalty abatement, you've got to uh, file all returns to, to get talking to them about first-time penalty abatement under the strict guidelines of the first-time penalty abatement program. Third, you have to have made payment arrangements on all your outstanding debt as it, as it stands uh, as of the time that you make the first time penalty abatement. Okay, so that means either one, pay, <laughs> pay all the, the tax, or two, uh, get into some type of what I call collection alternative. That means a uh, installment agreement 
typically in this thing. It really wouldn't be an offer and compromise because the offer and compromise settlement program, as we've discussed here before, doesn't really, uh, it runs more on what you can pay within the uh, timelines of the collection statute expiration date. So uh, offer and compromise, probably not a big issue here um, to, you wouldn't be combining this with a straight offer and compromise request, but you might be combining it with a uh, request for a payment plan with the IRS, okay? So those three strict requirements in order to get that one year of tax liability, uh, penalties, and associated interest for that one year of tax liability, whichever one it may be, it should be the most recent one. Um, to get that taken off. Those are the strict requirements. Now, um, I should point out here that uh, even if you don't strictly qualify for these things, you should still ask for them nonetheless, okay? Because there's a plethora, plethora of times when the IRS may not look as close on the exact requirements there and they may cut you a break anyway. So it's worth asking for, okay? So that's the first time abatement processes. In other words, a way to get one year penalties and interest knocked off without having to go into too much detail, without too many questions asked, asked by the IRS other than uh, those, those, the answers to those three questions, whether you've um, had any prior penalties for the last three years, whether you've got all returns on file, and if you've made arrangements for the outstanding debt. Hey, podcast, quick interruption here. Have you been up at 2 a.m. worrying about your IRS problem again lately? You know, IRS problems have a way of ruining all aspects of your life. They take a toll on you financially, physically, and emotionally. You can never really forget about them as they come back every morning when you wake up. It's time to call Travis Watkins Tax Resolution and Accounting Firm right now and start sleeping again tonight. Travis Watkins Tax will talk to the IRS for you and help you get the best deal available for your unique situation with the IRS with programs like the Fresh Start Initiative and the IRS's Offer and Compromise. Call me at 833-243-5455 and set up a free 30-minute consultation or log on to watkinspodcast.com. I've got a short letter on that No Frills page. It'll take you about 90 seconds to read. And if you like what I'm saying, you might want to consider becoming a client. And if not, no big deal. Just keep listening and subscribe to this podcast so you can keep hearing the free content that we offer on how you can fix your tax problem today. Now, if you call us in the next 30 minutes, we'll also send you our free confidential insider report, How to End IRS Problems Forever. That number again is 833-243-5455 or log on to watkinspodcast.com. Now back to your podcast. The next type of penalty forgiveness or penalty abatement that we'll talk about is uh, the more popular one. It's the the one that, that happens the most, and that is the reasonable cause type of analysis. And this is um, really uh, a very fact-driven deal with the IRS. Um, most of it is computer scored, and what that means is that uh, they'll 
scan your request and uh, you know for things that jump out and there's a few pet projects that are, are more successful in the IRS uh, fact analysis here for penalty abatement than others and the first ones would be um, health issues um, that's that's a very big one and you always have to provide documentation here but I, I love going down the the list the litany here and these are all outlined in my book at travelswalkinsbook.com as well of uh, penalty abatement reasons or reasonable cause that we have obtained in the past for uh, IRS penalty forgiveness and here they are uh, reasonable cause has been or can be my CPA or my professional uh, caused the problem and that happens from time to time you get a bad uh, you get a mistake from your tax preparer for instance and that causes a uh, penalty and liability to arise so sometimes that can be um, a reasonable cause I was sick or in the hospital that's another good cause because as I mentioned illness health matters are important uh, they are a, a good reasonable cause for getting rid of penalties another one is I lost my job um, another one is I've got a gambling problem and I should point out that the IRS is less forgiving in places like Oklahoma where there's uh, <laughs> Uh, where the casinos and, and uh, gambling is alive and well. So uh, what you would have to typically show there, in addition to having a gambling uh, problem, is that you have made uh, progress, made steps to take care of that problem so that you're not essentially, in their eyes, gambling away the IRS's uh, tax money. So in Oklahoma, what that means is you uh, can show that you are self-excluding yourself from casinos, for instance. There's a document that you can sign with the casinos uh, saying that you won't be on premises. And if you are and you're caught, then you could be held liable for trespassing. Um, that is really about the only thing other than a good long track record of staying out of the casinos, not getting those 1099 or W-2 G forms or the casino files on you saying that they've paid you out uh, money and the IRS looks at those and goes, ah, well, we really shouldn't show much mercy on this person because they are uh, gambling away their, uh, their, their money that uh, could be going towards taxes. Another good reason is uh, I was broke. My home got foreclosed upon. I went through bankruptcy. That's another good, uh, good cause. Creditors came after me. I had substance abuse problems. Uh, my kids, my family members were in the hospital during this time. Uh, I had depression. I'm unsophisticated and didn't know that I had to file or make enough to file as a popular one. And I should say the IRS is going to look at these types of things anyway in a penalty forgiveness analysis. They're going to make sure that you're not, uh, you know, like a CPA yourself or uh, a sophisticated tax uh, professional that should have known better uh, in that process. Other reasons I lost my tax documents in a fire, flood, um, some natural disaster, fill in the blank. I got poor IRS advice is another reason. 
Uh, long story short, these things are all life events, you know, life coming at us at, uh, at warp speed sometimes and things that happen to us. And you've got to show the IRS that, that something happened that caused you to fail to file and or pay. And the IRS will look at these on a year to year basis. So if you've got, for instance, five years of penalties uh, and associated interest that you're looking at getting forgiven, the IRS is going to look at each particular year itself and apply that reasonable cause analysis to each individual year. I often say don't minimize any of your reasons here because honestly, you know, the things that I see going through sometimes on penalty abatement versus the things that should go through but don't are just really beyond any type of uh, reasonable explanation sometimes. So long story short, don't minimize any of your excuses, your reasons. Just make sure that you have them segregated by tax year that you're going for on the abatement and make sure that you have, as I mentioned, documentation for each one of those. If you have medical bills, um, I would do like summaries of medical bills that uh, that you can get, you know, from your uh, doctor's office to show, you know, that that you um, were incapacitated or that you were in the hospital or going through something uh, medically that prevented you from being able to file and or pay on time. Um, another thing in this process, if you're going through it on your own, you need to make a copy of, of your request and keep these things pretty short. I mean, th there's no real form necessarily that you need to use to make this request. You just need to do a letter and send it to your local IRS branch or service center and put what, you, what you're trying to do, say that you're doing a uh, penalty abatement for uh, these years or this year and put in your reasonable cause in that uh, analysis and I'd just break it down by tax year and um, make sure that you have the documentation to go along with this. These things have a 50-50 shot I would say so you know you if it comes down to you know should I do this or shouldn't I you know I have a 50-50 shot in IRS terms is a pretty good pretty good percentage so it's it is definitely worth a shot on these all right if you get a denial back on these you should appeal them you should tell the IRS that I want to have a second look I want you to have a second look at my reasoning and I'd like to appeal these things now collection won't stop on any of these while you're making your um, request for a penalty abatement per se but do a appeal if you have good cause because you know stuff gets uh, gets approved in the appeals process that doesn't get approved in the uh, initial process and, and again the reasons for that are just you know there's, there's just no telling. So uh, do an appeal if you feel like you have a good grounds for getting the penalties uh, forgiven based on what I'm telling you here. 
if you don't receive anything from the IRS in the way of um, a denial or an approval or anything, after about 60 days, I would say go ahead and resubmit the request. And um, these typically get, these are probably one of the highest types of relief requests that get kind of lost in the shuffle uh, at the IRS. If you send them in with your tax return itself or overdue past tax return, then there's a big possibility that, you know, whoever's taking the mail there at the IRS is going to throw the return in the uh, return analysis bin and uh, who knows what happens to the separate piece of paper that doesn't go into a nice tidy box there at the IRS. So they do get lost a lot. Don't sit there and just uh, assume that it's being processed after about 45 to 60 days, I would say. Just go ahead and call them and or resubmit. All right.